The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoy being, you know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be paid. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. So I've got these, well, for lack of a better phrase, short shorts on today, and they've got a tie. It's summer. I'm trying to cool myself down. Plus, I put them on right after I showered, after I worked out, so I was feeling a little warm at the time. The reason I tell you all that is because in order to go to the bathroom, I need to pull my pants down all the way in the front. i got to pull them down and pull it all out and go to the bathroom. There's no zipper. There's no other way to get the equipment out. I walk into the bathroom, I'm looking at my phone, and I just don't assume anybody's going to be here at this time. So I walk into the bathroom, looking at my phone, and like I do a thousand times a show, because I drink so much water, I pulled down my pants about three feet in front of the urinal, and then I walked my way over to the urinal. Little did I know that Bob from Traffic was in there. Oh, no. Then I just totally flashed the guy. Oh, no. I just totally whipped it out in front of Bob. I'm looking at my phone. I just assume no one's in there. And then all of a sudden, out comes the crown man. So there's roughly, what, 15 people on this floor? And you assume nobody would be in the bathroom? At 6 o'clock! COB's 5! Usually no one's in there! It's their fault, then. I agree. Uh, was was there a... Do we talk about it? <sighs> Well, that's another story. I don't know if you bring that up. You might just want to let that lay. Uh, But was there a lingering look? Like, oh, my God, what's this guy doing? I just yanked him up, turned to the toilet, and said, Oh, Bob, didn't see you there. (laughs) Today on the show. That's a hard move, though. Look, I... Whoa. (laughs) I don't know if he saw anything, though, so we're good. And even if he did, hey, you're welcome. It's tough with those kind of pants. It's very tough. Well, what I should have done is walked over to the urinal and then pulled them down. Yeah, but then you still get into a problem because it looks like you're doing some extra fidgeting. It does. Yeah. And then if I could, could I just have an aside here? Yeah. A little pet peeve of mine. Yeah. When you're wearing stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you have to pull it down in the front. Now, I'm trying to be very careful here when I'm saying this. You have to pull it down in the front and kind of get that over that mm-hmm. so the elastic goes under under the complete package correct so like under the sack oh i don't go that far okay so when you don't go that far don't you get to the point where it makes it harder to go because there's a pinching effect i hold the pants down and out as i'm holding the crowd man down and out. So you've got your phone in one hand. Well, not anymore. Phone's gone at that point. Okay, so one hand firmly. So let aim, me one hand aiming, one hand holding the door open. Okay. Okay. So what I did was I walked in with my phone. Why is Tom looking at me like that? And my phone was in the hand that my crowd man would have been in. Okay. And so when I am holding my phone and the Pants 
I just put the phone in the pocket and switch the Johnson for the AT&T smartphone. Okay. So you you switch the blueberries for the blackberry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just it's it from a scientific purpose. I just wanted to figure this out. That's all. Cuz I have problems with that. In fact, sometimes I shy away from pants like that because of that. Just saying. Full transparency. Soccer shorts are different because they got a lot more elasticity. Tim Williams of PiratesProspects.com says that Pirates fans should be embarrassed that their boycott is continuing even though the Pirates have a winning record this season. I tell Pirates fans, do what you want. I've called for a Pirates mutiny. Arg. But this is organic. This is a grassroots movement. It's not about whether or not there's an organized mutiny. It's about the perception of Bob Nutting and the way that he runs the organization. And the sentiment is, among baseball fans in this town, that the dude does not give a rip about winning, and he does not put the money that he's making, the profits, back into the baseball team. The Pirates are 25th in Major League Baseball in attendance percentage. In terms of average attendance, they're ahead of only Tampa, the White Sox, and the Marlins. The Pirates are averaging just over 16,000 people per night, and before this weekend, that number was hovering around 12,000. Jordy Mercer was mad after the first game of the McCutcheon series, as we'll call it. He said he wants fans to come and support the baseball team that's winning, not just because McCutcheon's in town. I understand why it's frustrating to the team. They're playing good baseball. They want the ballpark to be filled. Fans might be pushing the team inadvertently, punishing the team, but the intention is to punish the ownership. Yes, I understand the Pirates are a small market team, and Tim goes on in great detail. It's small market. It's the way it has to be. But no, it doesn't. I get that they probably should have let McCutcheon go since he's on the backside of his career, but can you imagine where this team would be? This team, these Pirates, if Garrett Cole was on that mount. And that's why I'm pissed off. Because it's a good baseball team right now, and you'd really believe in them if they had a damn ace. They're a starting pitcher away from being really good. Cole, Tyon, Nova, Williams, and Kingham would be good enough to, I think, at least get a wild card spot. And if Cole was even a facsimile of what he was in Houston, maybe you win that wild card game. And then maybe you have some fun for the first time in a couple of years. Maybe you get into Bucktober. They always say, oh, Bucktober this, Bucktober that. Bucktober is the shortest month on the calendar. Because the organization doesn't put the money in when they need to put the money in. The Pirates were so cheap they didn't want to pay for Garrett Cole's arbitration years. Bob Nutting and Neil Huntington are all about extending the window for the team to win without maximizing the chances at any point in said window. It's why their payroll is always roughly the same. It's why they're usually mediocre as all get out. So when Tim Williams says, watch the Pirates now, they're a good team, I say, imagine how good they'd be if they had their current roster plus Garrett Cole. A lot of conversation right now centers around whether or not they should bring in Musgrove or bring in Nick Kingham. Who's going to be in the rotation? How are they going to look when they've got a legitimate fifth starter? It's all about the rotation right now. A problem they'd already have solved if they had a great pitcher at the top of the staff. So, Pirates fans, here's my message to you. If you want to go to the park and watch a good baseball team, that's fine. If you're like me and watching the good team in person makes you think about what could have been, fine. But here's one thing that you're not. And Tim Williams said you were in his article. 
stupid. If the front office is going to come up short in the offseason, then I don't know why it's anybody's place to tell you, the fans, that you're coming up short now by not going to games. Williams took some shots at you in the column. Calls you stupid and stubborn. I think he should give it another try. Use those same words, stupid and stubborn, but instead, this time, use them to describe the Pirates' front office. They're stubborn because they won't break from their philosophy of kicking the can to keep the window open longer without ever trying to go all in on the window. And they're stupid because they think that we're just not going to show up to their games. Or, pardon me, they think we're stupid. Maybe I'm stupid. I can't read. They think... Tom, what am I trying to say here? And they're stupid because they think that we're just going to show up to their games because the stadium's beautiful and the weather's nice. That's what they think. Furthermore, that's right, second time in the show, I'll say furthermore, Tim Williams assures, or assumes, I can't read, I really can't, that we should think the team is going to be good this year just because he thinks the team's going to be good this year. Tim's a prospect guy. He's seen all these guys play. He thinks of things very sabermetrically. And he says, oh, team might be good. Well, I didn't think the team was going to be good. And 40 games doesn't make me believe that this team is going to be good. I'm enjoying it now. It's fun that they're playing good baseball. But it doesn't mean that at the end of the season, they're going to have been a team that was in it for the long haul. You don't know that. So I'm not going to buy in hook, line, and sinker after 40 games. And I think it's ridiculous to suggest that others do. It's 40 games. 40 games we're going to forgive the Pirates for their past atrocities? 40 games and I'm supposed to forget about the fact that they gave away Garrett Cole because they didn't want to pay his arbitration years? 40 games? And I'm supposed to say, oh, it's okay, Andrew McCutcheon's gone because they got Corey Dickerson. That was an accident. They didn't know that they were going to have Corey Dickerson. They got rid of McCutcheon to get rid of the money that Andrew McCutcheon was making. They got rid of McCutcheon to get rid of the salary. They didn't know. So no, Tim, and no anybody else suggesting that I watch this team right now, I'm not going to forgive them because 40 games happen and they don't suck. 40 games didn't make me forget anything. 40 games didn't make me forget that they got rid of Juan Nicasio last year to get $600,000. 40 games doesn't convince me of anything other than they're good through 40 games. Here's a spoiler alert, Tim. Here's a spoiler alert, Pirates fans. They have to win... Pardon me. They have to play 40 games three more times. That's right. There's still 120 games to go. And I'm supposed to forgive them? Absolve them of all their sins whenever they're... Whatever the hell they are right now? 23 and 17? Oh, great. They're six games over 500 in May. Oh, I'm Tim Williams. I was right. I'm that station across the street. I've been buying the stock of the Pirates this whole damn time. Look at them now. I'm right. You're wrong. I told you so. I mean, if the Steelers go 4-0, and are we saying their season's a success? It's the same damn thing. Steelers were 3-2 and last year. And they won 11 games the rest of the way. Really 10-1, and but I'm not asking Al Riveron. Things change. I mean, Marte could get suspended again. Cervelli's leg could break. Knock on wood. I mean, Jameson Tyon got cancer last year. These things happen. I told you so. They're a good baseball club. I told you so. They can do this. It's 40 games. 40. 
The Penguins' season is shorter, but through 40 games, they weren't a playoff team. And they jettisoned their way in. 40 games. Forgive them of their sins. Shut the hell up. Sorry to take all that out on you, Tim. It just wound up happening that way because you wrote about it. I had a lot of people on Twitter telling me, oh, go enjoy baseball. They're good. They're great. Oh, don't just go for McCutcheon. Shut the hell up. 40 games. I'm not going to put it out there to you. We've all got different answers. How long is it going to take you to forgive them? I don't know. I don't have a set number. But I'm thinking it's not going to happen this year. Coming up next, we ask Adam Barry about the Pirates through their 40 games. He of MLB.com. Then it's the hottest take of the day, other crap, and three stars of the show. Tom's going to eat wasabi at 540 on Friday. It's ESPN at Pittsburgh. Has some weird stuff going on with the Pirates outfielders right now. And it's all happening in Spanish. Uh, I got Marte saying these people are only focusing on how much we lose. Bleep, focus on something else and stop talking bleep. And Gregory Polanco then posted a gif of a really jacked dude dodging some lightning bolts. And he says, when I come with that negativity. I have no idea what any of that means. I think it means that people are being negative about the Pirates and they don't like it. Wait a second. I was just being negative about the Pirates. Uh-oh. Uh... Mayamo Adam. Lo siento. What'd you say? My name, Adam. I'm sorry. Tango Gato and me pantalones. That means I have a cat in my pants. When I watch the Pirates win, though, me corazones en fuego. My heart is on fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew fire was in there somewhere. Fuego. Yeah. Lo siento. Polanco. Me bado. Adam Barry of MLB.com joins us now on the show. Uh, it's been a while, Adam. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Uh, Adam, of course, from MLB.com, covers the Pirates. And through the first 40 games of the season, Adam, uh, as you are trapped in a wind tunnel, uh, what has been the most surprising thing for you? I think it's probably just the depth and overall health of the lineup. I think... You know, when you look at the names, you know, they're pretty impressive on paper for the most part. You know, you see Starling Marte coming back as a guy who's done some things. Gregory Polanco, we all expected a step forward, which you've gotten on the whole this season. He obviously had the, the two-week stretch that was really bad. Uh, you know, Josh Bell, you expected more from, but I, I think it's, you know, Corey Dickerson coming in, being as good as he's been. It's Colin Moran coming in and, and doing the same thing. You know, it's just really added depth to the overall lineup. I don't know if we expected the Pirates outfield to lead the NL and OPS, you know, a quarter way into the season, but that's where they are right now. And I think that really speaks to the depth overall that they have uh, in the lineup because the pitching staff has been more or less what we expected. You know, some good starts, some bad starts from the young guys, some good and some bad from Ivan Nova, 
a little bit of everything from the bullpen outside of uh, Felipe. Uh, so the lineup really has been the strength of the team, and I think you have to consider that a surprise just considering how you know bad and down the rankings they were last year offensively. Adam, has Corey Dickerson been the team's MVP this year? Uh, you could really make an argument for Cervelli, I think. Uh, otherwise, I would definitely go with Dickerson. Cervelli's done so many impressive things offensively in addition to kind of holding the staff together on a nightly basis behind the plate. Uh, didn't expect this kind of power. He's a guy I forgot to mention in the first question where the help really just sets everything in place. When he could be on the field, he's going to be productive. I don't know if you're going to see this kind of power all season, but you know he's a, a good offensive player when he's healthy, which he hasn't been the last two years like he was in 2015. Beyond that, though, it's definitely Dickerson. There were so many questions after the second half he had with the Rays. Could he bounce back into kind of that all-star form? Could he hold his own in left field here? And he's been, by some metrics, one of the better defensive outfielders in the majors this year. So there's definitely an argument for Dickerson. There's an argument for uh, for Cervelli as well. Those two guys have really contributed to most of the success that this team has had so far. Adam Barry covers the Pirates for MLB.com. Uh, Adam be careful out there, man. What's going on? Are you are you cutting people off in traffic? No, I'm right outside of the press box. I'm oh. surprised. I, I, went, I go to the most quiet area out of the way of the elements that I possibly can. You might be hearing traffic behind me, I guess. That, that's got to be it. On General Robinson Street. I am ju- I'm just relieved that you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't okay. worry about me. Okay, very good. Uh, Adam Barry with us here on the show. Uh, I think if you're a Pirates fan, you have to be encouraged that even if Cervelli were to come back down to earth a little bit even if dickerson's to come back down to earth a little bit i think you still expect a little bit more from polanco i think you expect more from bell and they should be getting josh harrison back shortly here yeah they've kind of got everything in in a good place as far as that goes that you do hope that like all right if some guys come back down to earth you expect more out of bell you expect more out of adam frazier and like you mentioned harrison coming back you know, even Jordy Mercer is kind of off to his usual slow start before he'll have a hot streak in the summer, as he pretty much always does. I think you'll see Polanco kind of find his level a little bit instead of fluctuating so wildly. And Starling Marte has been kind of the rock of the team offensively, just, you know, pretty consistently good so far. So that's kind of what you're looking for, that you're not battling team-wide slumps all at the same time. That's been an issue the last couple of years. And the other thing is just, like I mentioned, that health, that you know, they have this depth in place that when they do take guys out of the lineup, you know, when Hurdle gives the guys rest or whatever, you're putting in Diaz, who's been also off to a great start offensively. You know, or you're putting in David Freeze, who, you know, does this thing against lefties really well and plays a solid third base. So, you know, that's why the health is just overall the most important thing they've got going because it's a fine enough bench as it is right now. But as you saw the last two years, when they had to reach down further to go get guys, and start playing guys who should be reserved on an everyday basis, that's where you run into trouble. So, you know, everything so far has been a really pleasant surprise, dude, just really in large part to the health, and they're going to get another guy healthy here with Harrison and another guy with Joe Musgrove who's going to come join the rotation, you know, in about a week or so. Let's talk a little bit about Musgrove. They are going to put him in the rotation. Uh, I have called for Nick Kingham to be in the rotation, and, of course, he doesn't pitch all that well in double a last night but uh is that the route that they're going to go it's going to be musgrove and then they're still going to wait and see with nick kingham well kingham's going to start saturday uh you know if everything goes according to plan that was why he started in altoona last night is to be on track for that start saturday against the padres and then yeah i would suspect that they bump him back down to triple a you don't want you need somebody down in triple a as your sixth starter your spot starter your second game of a doubleheader guy and you know kingham has really earned his way up here but he might have to be that guy 
just because they don't feel like it's time to bump anybody else out of the rotation, and they feel Musgrove deserves every chance. So he would be lined up. He's going to start Friday in Indy. He'd be lined up to start, I guess, it's the 23rd in Cincinnati, maybe the day after that. And I think they're going to give him every chance just because, you know, if they went out and they got him as a starter, they like the depth of the arsenal. You know, he throws a lot of different pitches. He's uh, a guy with, you know, postseason success in the Astros bullpen. So, yeah, I think Kingham is kind of going to be in that awkward Jose Ozuna limbo where you're good enough to be in the majors, but there are guys in front of you keeping you from there. And it's not a bad place to be organizationally if you have more depth than you can fit in the majors. That was the problem the last couple of years is that they didn't have the guys to plug those holes, and now they do. So I know it's frustrating for somebody like you to not pick Kingham up here. And, you know, if somebody keeps struggling in the rotation, then, yeah, they do need to make a decision on that. But for now, it's not a bad place to be to have six starters you can count on. Uh, as for Musgrove, and you kind of went into it a little bit, but why do they have faith that this guy is not going to be the guy who who was last year in the rotation in Houston and maybe more along the lines of what he showed in the bullpen? Yeah, I think it's the arsenal. It's the fastballs that he throws. You know, maybe the, maybe he, this is a guy that fits better with their pitching philosophy than Houston for all the talk of the Garrett Cole uh, stuff going the other way. You know, he pounds the bottom of the zone. You've seen on his rehab assignments, if you look at the pitching lines, it's so efficient that they've had to get him extra work in the bullpen or have him go extra innings. They want to see that continue when he comes up here. He throws a lot of different pitches, a lot of weapons for Cervelli to work with behind the plate. The big athletic guy with that old downhill plane, downhill angle that they love, you know, to get ground balls, work quickly. Uh, so it's just a guy that they've liked for a while. They saw some things in the bullpen that they think can carry into his work as a starter. That was something Musgrove talked about early from day one of spring training. The issue is going to be getting him through the course of the season healthy, as we've seen has been the issue. And then also it's a guy who threw, what, 90 innings last season? They do believe still, especially with young pitchers, and not stretching them out too far beyond their career limits. So it's going to be interesting to watch how they manage him uh, and his workload as you get into the second half, considering the time that he's missed and the injury concerns and then just the, the history of not pitching that many innings of the season. Adam Barry joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Adam, do you think that the success that Trevor Williams has had is sustainable? To a certain extent, yes. I do believe he's going to be a guy who pitches above his stuff and maybe above some of his peripherals in kind of like a Matt Cain, you know, early 2010s Giants type of way. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to see the home runs have already caught up with him the last couple of times out, especially that last start in Chicago where he gave up the two uh, two-run homers. That kind of stuff usually does catch up with you over the course of a long season, but uh, it's a guy who knows how to pitch, as cliche as that is. You know, he works with what he has, and he's very good with it. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a three ERA guy, but it wouldn't surprise me if he put up number two, number three type numbers, uh, you know, in, in the rotation over the course of a full season. You know, even when he did give up those two homers or he has a long inning or whatever, he does generally find a way to battle back. Now, I'd say that naturally on the eve of one of his starts where everything could go haywire, but from what we've seen so far in his career, it's been a guy who's pitched better than his stuff and really better than some of his peripheral numbers. You do want to see the strikeouts pick up a little bit just because it's easier to, you know, that's, a, that's the best kind of out you can get. But, you know, he's a guy who puts the ball on the ground. It's soft contact. He's got a pretty good arsenal, knows how to use his fastballs. So, yeah, I don't think this is necessarily unsustainable what he's done so far. We've seen some good and some bad from Tyler Glass now. Uh, after watching Garrett Cole go off to Houston and have all the success that he's having, is it fair to wonder if the Pirates are screwing Glass now up a little bit? Uh, I mean, you could say that, but it's also like we've seen these issues coming for Glass now. It's control. He's sure. a very different guy than Garrett Cole. Cole was more of a pitch 
uh, you know, youth thing that he, we're seeing the benefits of in Houston, and that's an organizational philosophy, not a Ray Searage thing. Glasnow is just a big dude with long limbs who has never really commanded his pitches on a consistent basis. So if they can get anything out of him and, and make him into even an effective major league reliever, I think you almost consider that a little bit of a success just given the struggles that he's had because I, I don't necessarily view those two situations as comparable just because Glasnow's issues going back to, you know, really when he was a young minor leaguer and Garrett's really just the last two years haven't been completely similar. You know, Cole always had command. It just wasn't necessarily, didn't live up to his stuff. Glasnow is having a hard time getting to his stuff because of command. And that's more of an individual mechanical thing than an overall philosophy, a philosophical situation, uh, which is what Garrett's issue was. So I don't necessarily know if they would get uh, the same level of criticism because I think first and foremost, it falls on Tyler Glass now to command his pitches sure and repeat his delivery. And he's shown flashes, but never really consistently uh, of his ability to do that. Up and down for Jamison Tyone so far. They need him to be consistent every time he goes out, just based on, I think, uh, the high beta nature of some of the other guys they have in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They need him to be that number one type guy because you're right. It's very high beta for Chad Cool, for Yvonne Nova. Some nights you're going to get, you know, eight innings, one run out of Nova. Some nights you're going to get what well, you got the other start. Uh, you know, where it's just a rocket, basically, everything off the bat. You do want to see Cool step up as well into maybe that mid rotation guy. The Pirates love his stuff. Francisco Cervelli says he has the nastiest stuff on the team, but again, it's a command and maybe pitch usage issue for Chad Cool, where you want to see him utilize that slide or that curveball more often to, you know, to try to get the swing and miss instead of focusing on pitching the contact or, you know, pounding the zone with fastballs. But I agree, Tyone, it, it needs to be that number one type guy because somebody needs to be that stabilizing presence in the rotation where you can say, all right, six innings every time out, good, good to go. Don't have to worry about that. Because it, it sounds like they're considering going back to a traditional seven-man bullpen, five-man bench, uh, you know, for uh, some sort of duration here uh, once they get uh, a fifth starter back up here soon. So that can't be putting the stress on the bullpen quite the same way they have so far this season, especially as you're moving these young guys into roles like they're going to replace, you know, essentially replace George Contos by committee in the eighth inning. So you need to have innings out of the rotation consistently, getting guys a third time through the order even. And I think that starts first and foremost with Jamison Tyone. Last thing here for you, Adam. This stretch to me seems really big for the Pirates. If they could win seven out of the next nine games against some bad ball clubs, they could put themselves at 30-19, and 19, and then it makes you feel like they're not really going to go away in terms of that wild card race. Is that what the prediction has to be? Is that what, I guess, I suppose, is that what they should be hoping for at this point, uh, going 7-2 and two over these next nine? Certainly hoping for, yeah, because then the schedule gets a little bit crueler with the Cubs and the Diamondbacks, who are really good, and the Cardinals, who have shown some things so far this season. I hate putting numbers on it just because baseball is so random that, you know, like some nights the White Sox can beat the Indians, and, sure. you know, that's just what happens. The White Sox might win a game here. It doesn't really mean the sky is falling or anything like that. But, yeah, you do want to have winning series more than anything when you do have these teams who are below 500. You need to take the series. Uh, against teams that you can beat. And that was the problem, again, hearkening back to problems the last couple of years, is like they couldn't beat the Reds. These are the teams you need to you know, dominate on. You need to take series and then just hold your ground the rest of the way once that schedule gets a little tougher. So, yeah, even though the, the opponents may not catch your eyes necessarily, this is still a pretty important stretch for the team to, again, establish themselves as uh, you know, contenders. When you get to that, like you said, 30 and 19, 
you have some margin for error too. You know, right. a three-game losing streak doesn't mean the sky is falling like it might have earlier this season when we saw the Pirates bounce up and down, you know, various outlets power rankings. Uh, you know, so that gives you some margin for error. So I do agree it's an important stretch for them. Hey, really appreciate the time, Adam. Always love having you on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm going to get out of whatever dangerous area I'm apparently in now. Yeah, be careful out there, man, please. <laughs> All right, see you, man. There he goes, Adam Barry. The Buckos tonight against the Pale Hose. People say that they're the Pale Hose, but that's what I called the girls I hooked up with in college. Coming up next, the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. It is ESPN Pittsburgh. I was driving in my car and I smelled a number five with fries. What do they call the girls you hooked up with in high school again? Oh, the pale hose. The pale hose. Yeah. I don't get it. It's the uh, it's the nickname for the White Sox. Oh, that's funny because I thought that the girls that you hooked up with in high school were called the White Sox. Tom was late today. He was. On Friday at 5.40, we will be feeding him a spoonful of wasabi. That is his penance, and we will totally forgive him after that point. I'm excited, though. It's going to be great. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Punctuality matters. Ask a pregnant woman, would you rather have your baby early, on time, or late? And every single woman will tell you, I want the healthiest baby, which means on time. I also don't want to have a child in me for 15 days after the due date. Punctuality is important. Ask a pilot. Hey, pilot. You want to land on time? Or do you want to be late? They want to be on time. Ask my wife. Do you want to be on time, or do you want to be late? And she'll tell you late, and it drives me crazy. Tom was late today, and it makes his co-workers and peers look at him differently. Tom has always been the guy who is going to go above and beyond for the show, and today Tom went above and beyond for his sister. I thought we were your family. Tom says he had to go back home to unlock the door, which was locked, and his sister couldn't get in. What I heard was... I don't love you as much as I love my sister. And to that I say, screw you, Tom! If you were on time, I wouldn't be having any of these thoughts. If you were on time, I would not question your commitment to the show. If you were on time, I would say, Tom, you're the best producer I've ever had. But Joe Rokicki was never late, not once. Except for that time he was late due to the snow. But he doesn't love snow more than he loves us. He loves us more than Snow. Snow just got in his way. Wow. My sister needed me. I needed you. Brian needed you. Content needed to be created. And you delivered the baby in the fifth term. 
Woo! Other crap. The Patriots hired a martial arts expert, Joe Kim, as a pass rushing consultant. That makes sense. Woo! Other crap. Joe Kim Noah? Woo! Other crap. Does that mean the pass rush is going to be fast as lightning? Woo! Other crap. I thought about singing that there, then thought better of it at the end. Woo! Other crap. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Ha! Woo! Other crap. Those kids were fast as lightning. Woo! Other crap. Expect the Patriots to get called a bunch for clipping this year when they sweep the leg. Woo! Other crap. Floyd Mayweather won $100,000 on a video poker jackpot at a Vegas casino. That's all I have for you. No punchline. Woo! Other crap. Who the hell goes to Vegas and then plays the computer game? Woo! I mean... Other crap. Due to an incident that happened last year that had to do with alcohol, A's catcher Brooks Maxwell won't be allowed to enter Canada for their series against the Jays. They now have to poutine him in triple A. A. Woo! Other crap. But now they Canada another catcher. Woo! Other crap. A professional snowboarder was arrested for threatening to kill his neighbor. His career's really going off the rails. Woo! Other crap. It's all downhill from here. Woo! Other crap. I hear his wife's going to be left behind. Maybe I'll give her the pipe. Woo! Other crap. Well, just half. Woo! Other crap. It's been 433 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Sure about that? I don't know. Close enough. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show. Adam Barry! I think it's, you know, Corey Dickerson coming in, being as good as he's been. It's Colin Moran coming in and and doing the same thing. You know, it's just really added depth to the overall lineup. I don't know if we expected the Pirates outfield to lead the NL and OPS, you know, a quarter way into the season, but that's where they are right now. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Doug Kazarian! Once this happens, you know, not everyone's starting from ground zero. Uh, New Jersey, as you just alluded to, is like ready. They've already passed state law, so like they're hoping by the NBA Finals they'll be able to take bets in Atlantic City. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Adam Crowley! Little did I know that Bob from Traffic was in there. Oh, no. Then I just totally flashed the guy. Oh, no. I just totally whipped it out in front of Bob. Oh, no. I'm looking at my phone. I just assume no one's in there. And then all of a sudden, out comes the crown man. Bonus star. And tonight's bonus star goes to Brian LaMartina. I just put the phone in the pocket and switched the Johnson for the AT&T smartphone. 
Okay. So you you switch the blueberries for the blackberry. <laughs> That was a damn good show today, boys. Yeah, we talked about Flash and Bob from Traffic, mm-hmm. sports, gambling, Pirates, baseball, Tom's got to eat wasabi. Talked about a turtle for some reason in the first segment. 911 being called on snapping turtles here in the Pittsburgh region. Yeah, PSA, be careful. There's snapping turtles out there. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who wants to get out of their shell... You could be in danger. I got no other turtle jokes. No? No. What's it called when somebody uses both hands? What, Adam? For anything. Aren't they amphibious? Who let the dogs out? Oh, no. We were there. We had it. It was a good show until that high note. We were rolling. Right there at the at the one-yard line. I'm like Jerome Bettis in 2005 against the Colts. Ball out. Panic stricken. Steelers fans having heart attacks left and right. Tomorrow on the show, we got Tim Benz. Looking forward to that at 420. Tom's going to eat wasabi at 5.40 on Friday. Tom and Tom Golf Show's next. They're talking baseball, right? Peace out, bitches.